from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast, and I'm Perry. And this is Michelle. And this is Mark, who's been drinking coffee, too. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everybody. We're here at another show, and... um, Speaking of lively, we need to do a PM show drunk. Drunk Tiny Podcast. Tiny we House do. Podcast. Like that would we, be fun. We always do them in the morning. Yeah. I love it. We, it's kind of our thing. We've been doing it forever. We so need to like meet at a bar or bring alcohol in. or With people talking in the background. That would be interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought about... So here's one of my new ideas, as if I have, don't have enough good ones. Um, I'm thinking about doing Wine in the Tiny, where I invite people over and we get drunk and then we record like a mini interview like a three minute or four mm-hmm. minute interview drunk in a tiny house so you could do drunk them at festivals or at my house or whatever I like that idea mm-hmm. what do you think I just told you I'm I, copying I well I was kind of asking both of you <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. I'm also copying Seinfeld's have you been watching Seinfeld's oh his, coffee uh, with coffee comedians and cars, cars. Yeah. so awesome I don't watch it really? I watch one I watch it when it started a couple of years ago yeah I just bent the all of them, and it was pretty fun. I love that. I love the the loose concept. Mm-hmm. I love that. I concept. like a good loose concept too. I actually want to do a similar thing with startups. Really? Only it's startup f- founders with coffee in no 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 no, no on corners taking taking shots. Oh. Taking, taking shots, shots taking, talking, shots. talking shit. Taking shots, talking That's shit. That's the name of the show. Oh. Taking shots, talking shit. That's, That's a, a good, good one. one. And then every 15 <clears throat> minutes until <laughs> they need an Uber exactly. home. Because <laughs> they're like, well, my company's really screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> and then they take another one. Exactly. And, then they take another one. and the VCs are calling going, um, we're out of the deal, dude. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd be funny. I thought it'd be pretty easy to do. Like I said, make it my thing when I go to festivals and, and um, <clears throat> just make it casual and stuff. Stuff. But I, Perry, do you drink? You don't drink, I did, do you? Well, yeah, I was going to mention that, but then I didn't think it was important. No, I don't. Well, it is if we're trying to get to. your drunkness to come out. It's not going to happen. Oh, Sorry. Man. Not that I'm in a 12-step program or recovering or anything. I, so the truth is I had um, 18 months of ayahuasca experiences every other weekend. And anyone who's had ayahuasca will know what that is. And so coming out of that 18-month experience, I many changes occurred in my life. One of which is when I have even just, my wife even laughs. If I have just like a tiny sip of alcohol, my whole body just goes, Bleh. Really? Yeah, so it's just not something I do anymore. And the whole thing's weird because nowadays, sometimes at lunch, he'll just fall on the ground, piss himself, <laughs> and forget his name for a half hour. <laughs> Leaking Mark to clean up the mess. Yeah, it's like, After wow. <laughs> that's a way to get out of the bill right there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. But enough of me. How about the tiny house movement? What's going on? Um, there's a lot going on. So in the state of Oregon, so I'll be as brief as I possibly can be. Okay, in April of 2017, the governor of Oregon sent out a letter to a vague group of people she called building authority people. That's what he called them? She called them? Yeah, it was like Hmm. to the building authority. Anyways, um, so the governor sent out a letter 
in April and basically said, you know what, we need to do something about these tiny houses because they're not regulated and people are building them without licenses and we need to do something, right? So that was the first thing. The second thing that came around, as you know, was the building code division kind of got a hold of them. And uh, that's how we got what's called House Bill 2737. Kind of got a hold of them by the gonads. By the 2737. Pretty much. By the Exactly. So in July, also of 2017, the Building Code Division changed the Oregon State definition of a recreational vehicle. Right? Yeah. So these are the the, the sort of steps. So April and then July. And then in September, the DMV... Just last year. Right, yeah. In September, the DMV in Oregon said we're not going to issue titles or tabs or plates to tiny house RVs, even if they're RVIA certified tiny houses, the whole nine yards. So it's causing a lot of drama in the tiny house movement. There have been multiple shots across the tiny house bow. (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much. From Oregon, no less. Yeah. There is conflict in Oregon. But everybody's freaking out. And although I admit that it is, I admit Mm -hmm. that it is disconcerting. I admit that it is, you know, requires action, <clears throat> but there are people being like, like one lady, she was like, oh my God, now I have to scrap my tiny house and I have to give up on my dream. And she was a DIY person. Hmm. And there are other people that have posted and said, well, oh my God, I have to move next week and I'm moving from Oregon to California. What am I going to do? Um, and I'm like, get a trip permit. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. So on one hand, yeah, it's it's horrible, and we have a lot of work to do, obviously, on behalf of our the tiny house movement and the builders. But on the other hand, it's like everybody, calm down, Chill take down. a breath. This is okay. It is not the end of tiny houses in Oregon. Not we at have all. a lot of people that are you know speaking out and meeting with officials, mm-hmm. and um, so that's what's going on. Very cool. You can also take them off grid. That's exactly right, and. Which I think and probably what more and more people are trying to do Mm -hmm. is get out of the rat race, get away from the man and regulations. Uh, so just I'll take a quick departure. There was something the light, on fire. Yeah, the light was flicking on and off while you Both were making this? the origami thing. Yeah, and I was wondering if that was that was me unpacking a box and giving the gift to you. Of oh, off grid, off grid house. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's, oh, I see. You're trying yeah. to hand me a transition. I was trying. Segway. Yeah, the light was flickering. Yeah, the light distracted the haunted me. Haunted tiny house. Yes. So speaking of H words, haunted, we're going to go into another H word, homesteading, <laughs> with <laughs> our latest guest, Michelle. Obviously, didn't know where I was going because I cracked <laughs> no, her up. <laughs> I did. I um, like, she okay. was going, "What the H?" <laughs> <laughs> so we have um, our guest. His name is Doug. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I know <laughs> that's a hell of a script you got there. His name is Doug. I think that's the name. Well, because it name was Doug. Doug and Stacy, and I was really excited to Doug mention Doug and Stacy. But Stacy's not with us, and so it's wait just a minute, a, wait she, minute. Didn't, she didn't pass. She's she at work. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't die. I'm not uh, saying she passed away, but <laughs> picking on Perry. <laughs> Doug, welcome to the show. <laughs> wow! That, wow! <laughs> <laughs> you got you had a good segue going with the off grid thing, and then. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. It totally. is pick on Perry today. Totally. So so let's let's flesh this in a little bit. So so as I understand it, Doug, you and your wife, who is not with us, um, went from being basically urban dwellers to building your own log cabin uh, that's under 600 square feet, and you built it 90 days with no carpentry skills. 
That's right. We lived in the rat race doing the rat things and eating the rat cheese. And um, <laughs> we had a 3,000 square foot house and we decided to chuck it all chuck it and uh, buy some property and start this uh, great adventure. Nice. So let me ask you, did you, have you seen Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood? Sure. Okay. Do you, you remember um, uh, uh, the, the, the marshal? What was it? Who's the actor that played the marshal in Unforgiven? Um, the guy who built his own house. Remember that guy's house? <laughs> Do you remember, Michelle? No. Okay. Dang, this is going to go over everybody's head except for me. So in Unforgiven, <laughs> there's this sheriff uh, that, that is the nemesis of Clint Eastwood's character, this age-old gangster who's trying to, not gangster, but outlaw, who's trying to clean up himself, but then he ends up going right back into it. And, and um, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman's character builds this house, this homestead house. And it's got leaks everywhere. Not a single wall is plumb. It's just this terrible house. But he is so proud of it. And so my point of bringing this up <laughs> was... <laughs> we don't know. It's coming from the urban landscape. It Does your house look like... Does your cabin look like that? That's why we need the Oregon uh, county officials. I <laughs> 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 can't believe for one second they think we could actually live by ourselves and do things proper. <laughs> proper is right out of the westerns. Yeah. The real so, yeah the no, our house proper. does not leak and it does not sway and it does not fall or any of that stuff. It's rock solid built out of white oak. And uh, basically, I actually took the design and the methods that I use to do it straight out of uh, some old Time Life books that I have uh, that cover pioneer lifestyles and all this kind of stuff. And I also did some research in our local area because where we live in the Midwest, uh, we have uh, log cabins that have been standing for 100, 150 years. And I put all that knowledge together. And here I'm sitting in my living room right now and doing my thing. Dude. Very so there, cool. there has got to be some sort of homesteader uh, a, a legacy inside you somewhere Hierarchy. that you reach mm-hmm. deep into and pulled out from nowhere. Is that the case? I don't know, man. I just got sick of it all. <laughs> I had, <laughs> we, we had a couple businesses and, uh, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, today's, um, youth, if you will, or whatever, they just don't, you know, they don't want to work. We had a lawn care landscape business and, uh, you know, it gets hot here, it gets humid mm-hmm. and, and, you know, our jobs are a little seasonal. So it's just hard to find people to actually show up and put the work in. And we just got t- tired of that grind and the uncertainties of if this guy's going to show up and that guy's going to show up. So we had the largest lawn and landscape business in our county wow. at the time we just decided to sell everything off. We got tired of the high taxes. You know, our taxes on our house was almost $5,000 a year. So wow. tired of all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we just, we just went for it. Wow. I mean, when, when I was, all right, when I was a uh, younger and my wife was younger, like, you know, you know how you have your little things. Like I used to draw like, um, little barnyards and, and stuff. And I went to summer camp and I wore this cowboy hat and they called me cowboy and, you know, just kind of goofy stuff like that. But I grew up in total city life. I was a traveling salesman in my um, early teens up till I was almost uh, 20 something, 20 to late 20s. And I've been in all the cities all across America. And that was a blast. I loved it. And my wife, um, she does her thing, but she'd always wanted to do hus- husbandry, you know, like animal husbandry. And so it's just really weird you know, how it actually ended up that we live now in a tiny house, the original tiny house, I might add. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, just <laughs> hanging out and kind of doing our thing. 
Wow, man. You are the envy of a lot of people, I bet. You just got sick and tired of sick being sick and tired and then left. That's it. Kind of like I mean, John Galt. You got to man up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like that term, <laughs> but I get it. I get it. You know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna actually say like I'm so sick of it, and uh, you know I'm still, and then every day you're waking up and you hate your job and you hate you hate your circumstances, and then it just goes on and on and on. I mean, you got to really take action. So yes, yeah, so we could have came out and and did this thing, and it could have been a huge fail. And uh, but for us, it's actually very successful. We're really enjoying it, and because of uh, platforms like YouTube and Instagram, you know, we're able to share it and encourage other people, and then go to these conferences like we met you guys at the tiny house gig in um, Texas and you know we're able to get out there share the information and uh, help motivate people to actually take a stand as well very cool so you said it's white oak yeah white oak. white oak okay and so are these um, so my picture of a log cabin is you've got these logs laying horizontal and between them there's some sort of mortar and they sit one on top of another or maybe they're the bottom one is kind of carved out so the top one is nestled into the other one without the mortar maybe and then on the inside you've got the same thing because it's oak on it's it's a round log and so on the inside you've got it looks like the outside you're just on the inside and then um, and that's pretty much it other than the floor and the ceiling right that's it. We don't have any drywall in our place. And uh, actually, yes. our logs are squared. Uh, okay. A little different technique. But yeah, we have the chinking is what they call the stuff in between the logs. And um, yeah, I just sit here and I look at my beautiful logs of my log cabin that the termites don't like to eat because they can't stand white oak. It's oh. actually like one of the strongest trees, you know, in our region. And so they really last a long time. Wow. And uh, yeah, that's exactly how it looks. Just log cabin everywhere and i built the door in between the front room and back room and you know it just looks real like old log cabiny that is beautiful and then what do you do for like heat and 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 windows and things like that right so here's the total kicker we live off grid with no solar power no wind turbines no nothing and we actually heat uh with a wood cook stove we cook on it uh, we, you know, for air conditioning, we open the windows. Uh, so we're like doing the pioneer thing in the 21st century. Nice, man. And then for, for water, what do you do? Like plumbing? We have a 3,000 3, gallon rain catchment. Ooh, did I say rain catchment? Oh, <laughs> man. We're going off grid now. That's right, baby. We, uh, we collect rain off of a large barn that we have property and I actually put in the whole system myself and uh, never did that before <laughs> and it gravity feeds right into our kitchen sink and uh, I'm actually getting ready to build um, a workshop area where we're going to have a total shower there I'm going to build an outdoor shower on videos coming up outside so we're going to you know it's like all gravity fed everything rain catchment best water you can get all that fun stuff wow okay wait 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 back up go ahead sounds like a cold shower it does sound that way mm -hmm. so yeah. how do you heat your water Okay, so the water gets heated via the wood cook stove. It has a big reservoir on it. holds almost like uh, 15 gallons. So any kind of hot water we need for the sink or wow. you know, wash the face and hands. And then what we're doing is putting in um, the uh, shop thing that I'm going to build. Because I'm actually putting in a root cellar that's in the ground that's going to have like um, an icebox area, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And we'll be able to keep ice in there all year round and have an ice box in there for our refrigeration because we don't have any solar power or anything. Wow. So that's how we have to do our food like old school. And then we're going to put in this tank and it's basically, if you can imagine like a barrel that's insulated and you just need a little stick or two of wood and it 
draws the uh, cold water in. It's called a thermal siphon. It'll go around that tank, heat the water up, and then spit out the hot water to any spigot that we plumb into it. So hmm. we'll have hot, hot water, hot shower, whatever we need out there. And then uh, inside, we use the wood cook stove for hot water as well. Is, is that system that you just described with a stick or two, is that from the olden days or is that a modern thing? Oh, it's kind of, I guess, modern-y in the, of the technology, I guess, of a thermal siphon. Um, but, you know, in the old days, uh, definitely the wood stove um, or a huge kettle, uh, which we do have a huge kettle, like one of those great big kettles. And uh, that's how they would heat their uh, water as well. So we, use, we can implement both those methods. This is a little more techie, um, you know, our time techie, but the premise is still the same. You have an old kettle like you see in witches use in, in their cabins that's, when they're cooking children? That's right, with the whole, <laughs> you know. With you know, the handles what, on the side and everything? Yeah, everything. Just like little feet on the bottom, the whole nine. Little stand that it goes on. Yep. <laughs> so at the log cabin that Pam and I had at the beach, we had witches live next door. Yeah. Maybe some log cabin thing. Uh, yeah, my man. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're talking to us on Skype on a electrically powered computer, <laughs> um, right. but you're not solar. How do you uh, how do you charge stuff up? So we also um, implement a um, D, it's a DC inverter. Basically, you can plug it into your cigarette lighter on your truck, and then it will cr transfer the current into. So you can plug whatever you need into it to charge. Um, so we charge our cell phones, the computer, uh, my camera batteries because we post every single day on YouTube. How do we do it? And then uh, we also have um, you know a small generator that we can uh, mm. use E2. Wow, very cool. Nice. And so the so the the cabin itself is just a, a rectangle or a square or something like that, or does it have rooms? Basic square. Um, it has a back room that's basically like a smaller square, and then we have our upstairs where we sleep. Um, it's uh, you know a pitched roof, twelve twelve pitched roof. So hmm. you know it looks like those old school log cabins. Yeah, yeah, very cool, dude. And so, um, is your wife? So what is your where where what is your wife doing right now for her work? Where where is she working? Okay, so we both owned our own businesses, and basically, when we first here, she was working still five days a week and driving about an hour and some change mm. into work. Mm. For most people living in big cities, that's pretty normal. But mm -hmm. for like this kind of a thing to drive from a total rural area to get to town, it was a okay trade off. And we basically made a circle on the map and said, "This is how far we're willing to drive," and we actually found property, you know, like right on the edge of that. So she is, uh, works with kids. Uh, she works with seniors. Um, she's into health, nutrition, holistic life coach, you know, all this kind of fun, earthy stuff. And um, so, but now she only works two days a week, which, uh, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. And, and you guys, do you, do you hunt, Doug? Um, you know, I can, but I'm not really like Mr. Hunter, dude. Right. You know, like I, I know how to do it. I can track, I can shoot, I can in, I can do the whole thing. But I actually prefer to, um, you know, I, we do eat meat. <laughs> Some people don't. Well, that's where I was going. Where's your food coming yeah. from? Yeah, so we, we have sheep, chickens, guineas, ducks. Um, I also have a pond on my property that's stocked with fish. So basically wow. I can shut my front gate and I'm pretty, I'm self-sustainable. Wow, that's pretty awesome. How much, how, how much did it cost to, to get that piece of property? And we also have bees for sweetness. Um, <laughs> don't like forget the, the bees, goddammit. Yeah. Oh, oh, about uh, sugar, you know, that's the first thing on their mind. Exactly. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so a property you know, around our area is probably like four, five, six thousand dollars an acre, and we have wow. eleven acres. Oh wow, very cool. So we were talking earlier about the, uh, as you referred, we were talking about the difficulties of, you know, zoning and moving and building codes and so forth. So what is it like in your area? Are you asking permission or are you asking forgiveness? I don't ask for nothing. <laughs> so one of the you big things, both. if anybody's listening to this podcast and they want to try to live this lifestyle or, you know, definitely get a trailer and live tiny and all that stuff, the first thing, if you're going to put that on property, you do is you seek out places that don't have zoning and regulations. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people go out and they buy properties. I've seen it on, um, you know, in the home study community. They go out and they buy these properties and then they start to build a house or some kind of a barn or something to live that life. And they come out and say, oh, you can't do that or that's too yeah. small. This isn't a regulation. So then their whole property is worthless to them. So make sure the number one thing you check on is the area where you're going to live. Their regulations for that county or city. Is that what you guys did? Exactly what yeah. we did. Yeah, yeah. And when I called, when I called down to our local um, enforcement people. I asked, I said, what are the building codes and are, you know, what restrictions are there? And the lady told me, we don't have none of that nonsense up here. <laughs> Did she really? <laughs> Did like, she really? It's like Vermont. I hung up the phone and I said, let's go, honey. We're going to yeah. go look at that property. Yay. Right. It's, yeah, it's like Vermont. It's <laughs> That's like Vermont. awesome. But I'm going to push you a little bit further though than, than this conversation. You might expect <clears> this conversation <throat> to go. So someone asked me the other day, same thing. What if I want to go out and buy a piece of property and put a tiny house on wheels on it? Why can't I? Now, along with answering her in the same you know manner in which you just answered us, um, the question, however, my my suggestion to her was, what is your tolerance for risk? Because we know that things also change. So what what comfort level do you have in your area or what comfort level or sort of what advice do you have for other people regarding changes to regulations or changes to zoning? And how, how do people, people you, have, you live yeah. kind of a risky lifestyle, right? Um, talk a little bit about that, your tolerance for risk and your tolerance for change. Okay. So basically I've looked into this quite a bit and it's very rare. I mean, I mean, I can almost find no cases where new laws trumped what was going on before. So right. basically, you have to be, you'll be grandfathered in, and then the law starts when the law is passed. They can't retroactively um, go back and say, hey, you've had this property for 10 years, and now we've changed our zoning laws. You have to do this, 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 this. Super duper rare. Yeah. And yeah, I love risk and, and taking a chance, though. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, it's to, I guess. I mean, to me, it doesn't sound like he's he's covered all his risky bases, and he's got all yeah. his food that is that's living with him, and so and his water's taken care of from the sky. There's no risk in what he's doing, from my perspective, other than like doing something stupid, like those people do on a loan when they cut their toe off with their axe because they don't know how to use a fucking axe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> learning curve there i mean i you, you know we're doing this via radio or you know just telecommunication you, visually i might be missing a finger or two <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys are you guys planning now i can already hear at least one person in our audience sending me an email to the mm -hmm. question about the question i'm about to ask dun, dun, dun. and i don't mean it in that way listener so, <laughs> so, so, shut up, one listener. <laughs> so, are you guys planning to have kids? 
Oh, we already have three, and we have grandchildren. Oh, my word. How old are you, bro? Shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm 50, and the wife is uh, 55. Double nickels. A double double nickels. nickels. So, I first of it. all, they don't look that old. And second <laughs> of all, I guess that would be, answer would be no. Exactly. <laughs> no We're not idea. planning on having children. Yeah. yeah, so basically, we raised our kids in that junk, and then we figured it <laughs> too late and then uh, we wish to it sooner so they could learn a lot of this stuff so that's a, a good thing about the YouTube channel Off Grid with Doug and Stacy. Thank Shameless you. Plug. Shameless and, plug. Um, they can watch this and learn this stuff as we go along. So what do they think? They love it. Really? I bet they do. They're not eating Tide Pods? Yeah. <laughs> They're not eating what? Tide, Tide Pods. pods. What's a Tide Pod? Yeah, we bring the we bring the grandkids up, and they just love. We have horses, and you know, I mean, the animals everywhere. Like right now, we're having lambs over here. So I mean, it's just like cuteness factor off the you know level. Oh my God, you guys are! Is that you with the beard? <laughs> Holy shit, dude! You look like an Amish person. So hashtag beard envy going. Yeah. Oh my God. Let's just say and that beard's for this sixty-two sh- years old. That's the funny thing. Oh my. <laughs> Let's just say Perry was a little short on the prep today. Oh my God! Does she look fifty-five? She doesn't she look looks fifty-five. Amazing. She looks amazing. Yeah, killing it, dude. I mean, we live this lifestyle, and we try to teach people how to be healthy. We just uh, talked about it in a video we just did about you know everyone around is all sick with the flu and sick with sick, sick, sick. Yeah. And man, I'm like me and Stacy are posting videos every day. We don't even get sick, right? And we eat right. We grow our own food. We're not sucking on all the chemicals, and um, you know we get good sleep. You know we don't have all this artificial light in our house at night, and uh, you know we're just going to bed with the moon and the sun and the stars. And man, it. we're just killing it. You know what else you guys do is you don't live around other people with their sick ass folks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there are people around, but it's not. I mean, we're not like totally like that. But I mean, <laughs> other with it. You know what I mean? Like. It's just a, it's a, I can't even explain like how different it is from where we live, where, I mean, like you could have walked out of our door of our house in the city and I could have basically like spit on each neighbor on each side of us who we barely even knew and we lived there for years (laughs) uh, versus like living out here. I remember when I was building the cabin, I was putting the roof on, um, putting the shingles on and I had locked the front gate. I mean, I actually put the padlock on it, shut the gate, everything. And I look up and there's coming down the walkway is this 80 year old woman. And I'm like, I know you did not just climb my gate. (laughs) And she did. She came up. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I, I saw the gate was closed, but I knew you we were working on the place. I wanted to introduce myself. You know, and so, like, she was, like, Stacy's first mentor uh, when we first got up here, you know, kind of teaching her some of these, um, like, old country ways of doing stuff around the kitchen and stuff. So, you know, right off the bat, we're like, wow, all those years we lived there, we barely talked to those people. And this gal, like, climbs our gate. <laughs> <laughs> introduce himself to us that's so awesome man it's it's it now i get why you have such flavor in your speaking and and it seems like wisdom in your voice is because you're you're old like the rest of us <laughs> god knows young people can't be you know wise or entertaining there's just for that other box. listener that was going to send the other email about age discrimination we got going on here that's old people which by the way tide pod is a new trend perry so there's yeah. a new trend on youtube where young stupid people 
are filming themselves eating Tide Pods. They're those little things you throw in the washing machine. They look Tide like detergent. They look like big old that's ibuprofen what she pills. Sent me that I didn't watch. Yes. Yeah. It's so that's so why. I was, that so that's why he couldn't get people to come work for his landscaping well, business right. because they were too busy prepping for the Tide Pod YouTube trend. Jesus. It is sad, but today's episode brought to you by new pineapple flavored type. Have you guys guys seen that movie Idiocracy? Yes. Right, dude. I mean, that's where we're almost headed. You know, it's like walking your lawn with uh, Gatorade. (laughs) You know, guys racking themselves on stuff. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy how the the world is kind of going. And it's interesting because from where I stand in this unique position that is my life, I see. Generally speaking, people going, enlightened people going in one of two different ways. And there might be more paths, but I see people like yourselves and the people we talk to on this podcast who are going simple, going minimalist, going into experiences more than possessions with the expectation that their their life is going to be more comfortable and more enjoyable and more uh, spiritually or non-materialistically rewarding and satisfying. And then the other direction that I see some people, again, based on my my personal experience where I'm standing is people we don't interview on the podcast who see opportunity in um, different business models that enable them to become very wealthy. And as a result of that, they they have a different experience of not having to trade their time for money. You're not trading your time for money anymore, but neither are these people because they've amassed so much wealth. And so it's just this interesting place that I'm perceiving where I'm interacting with people on the podcast who are like you, Doug, and then interacting in this other area where the experience is totally different, but the, the, but the result is the same in the sense that these people are not trading their time for money. And as a result of that, they are finding freedom and you're doing it in this opposite direction. Yeah, it's kind of like two ends of the statistical spectrum. Yeah. Right? And it's the people in the middle that are doing the Tide Pods or whatever you call those things. Right. Well, I'm in the middle and I'm not doing Tide Pods. Well, I was just speaking generally again. So... So it's Actually, just, I'm not quite in the middle. I mean, I'm I'm in the middle from the perspective of I still work a corporate job. Yeah. Um, but right now, that's just um, because of the fact that I want to take that and continue to invest it for a few more years, you know, yeah. in my in my plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, the Tide Pod thing's weird. I just find myself in a in an existential kind of inquiry where. I'm constantly, you know, every other Wednesday, because we switched our schedule to every other Wednesday instead of every Wednesday, I'm, I'm exposed to people like yourself, Doug, who have, and the guy we talked to just, just before this show, where these people have pared their lives down to this wonderful, almost like pioneer or bucolic is the word that comes to mind, bucolic um, experience, um, and they're loving it. And then... There, there's this other opportunity where people are the total opposite in terms of material capability or prosperity capability, and they're loving it. Eh, I don't know if I agree so much with that because I think a lot of those people on the other end that have the cars and places and things and whatnot maybe aren't as happy as those that have found simplicity and that kind of minimalism life's choice. Well, I think I, they also have shit to uh, take care to of. To take care of. I and, get it, yeah. It, and, and, yeah. Mark and I were talking the other day, like, at what point, it was so funny, I was like, okay, at what point, from a dollar perspective, at what point do you, does amassing more wealth no longer affect your quality of life? 
Yeah. Is it, that a billion? Is it five million? It's like three or four million dollars because I've read articles on that yeah. before. Really? That after a certain pile of money, right. doubling that doesn't make you insignificantly happier in right. any way. Right. So well, it's not a lot only that, less but, than you'd think. Right, right. exactly. Right. Not, but, of course, then we had got, had this whole conversation about, you know, like, what is life? Because life at that level is, is totally different, right? I don't, you don't clean your house. That's the thing, You manage right. house cleaners. That's correct, right. You don't drive, you have a driver, you know. So it's, it's not exactly the life that we can attest to. But the funny, here's the funny part of it. I asked him personally, and I said about how much money would it take to significantly improve your quality of life without, you know, impeding your life and he said $1,200. <laughs> and then he asked you for $1,200. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, that, that was actually, again, a cross-reference to another conversation about how much money I owe him for my next bill. <laughs> so yeah, that was there was a connection there. So, so Doug, every single day, you, you say you do a YouTube video every day? It's crazy. It's every day, bro. That doesn't actually sound very hard when you when you're living when you're doing it every single day. I mean, what oh, else yes are you going to do? You're going to do the thing and you're going to have a camera recording it. I guess there's the it, post production. It, it, <laughs> it does add some uh, time onto it, you know, but I we're we are as we have like the heart of teachers, so what we want to do is just encourage and um you know, motivate people that want to live this life so they can see that it's actually done, right? So um, you know, that's why we do it. I mean, sometimes we take little breaks and, um, you know, but that's about it. I mean, we just, we're really just trying to show people like, hey, if you want to, you know, do this lifestyle, you can actually do it. And, you know, you can sustain yourself too. I mean, there's, uh, I have market gardener friends that are doing uh, $150,000, $200,000 a year, just selling kale, spinach, carrots, um, radishes, beets, um, you know, stuff like that. Wow. So, great. So do you, do you have, do you two have like a production calendar where you know tomorrow we're talking about bees after that you know do you do that or do you just more free flow what's yeah yeah, yeah can't you tell by talking to me man I mean, I'm <laughs> you're a planner well a day I, in I, I life no i'm not i don't yeah, do he's the planning the i don't yeah. do the storyboards yeah. you know a lot of youtubers do that kind yeah, of stuff yeah. it's just not what we do i mean we wake up and we're like hey let's talk about this today stacy has a wide vast of material with uh, health and nutrition um we just did a video about glyphosate glyphosate and uh, you know we just there's plenty of material around here uh, we build stuff so we're always just mm -hmm. trying to take people along just to help encourage them uh, we're actually probably even going to build a tiny house pretty soon and uh, we're working with uh, some people with that um, that do like off they have an off-grid store it's called layman's l-e-h-m-a-n-s and huh. their uh, their whole store is everything non-electric so just trying to do some neat stuff like that but i think that you know that's our main thing but back to the the money thing, I think, um, if I can chime in on that, Please, I think, yeah. you know, if you say like two to five million and, and anything over that, you know, probably doesn't move the needle. I guess it depends on your heart, right? Like if, you, if I had two to five million and I know like, hey, I can make interest off of this and do whatever I want to do, I think it can really move the needle if you gave a lot of all the rest of it away, right? So that you're not really maybe necessarily feeling you know, the, the monetary stuff, but you know, you're changing lives, right? So like Bill Gates with a hundred million dollars, I mean, he does a lot of neat stuff and things, but he could really move the needle a lot more on a lot more people at, you know, five or $10,000. Like I would, that would be like my gig. I would like to walk down the street and just pass out like prepaid MasterCards or something, you know, like, yo dude, here, bam, $5,000, you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting because that's the kind of people that I was referring to. I know that there's people out there who are ultra rich and they, they like, uh, 
I don't want to paint them too negatively, but they don't pay much attention to what's going on around them. And then the people that right. I'm that I'm affiliated with, they're really heart-filled people. And and I know that one guy in particular, when he sits down at a restaurant, he say, the first thing he does is he puts a hundred dollars on the table as a tip to the server and says, "I'm going to be here a while." And that's how he starts his his meal. And so it's just like, right. and, and his example, one, one of these guys, their example for buying these cars that they buy is, you know, there are people who are depending on people buying those cars for their living. Right. And so I think what for us for sure was like pre coming out here and doing this, we had the chase money mindset. So like everything we did, you know, or I did for sure was motivated on making the money to pay the bills, to live the lifestyle. And now, you know, we're doing what we love to do and we're sharing it. And so the income is a byproduct of it. So it yeah. just totally changes the whole dynamic of, you know, receiving that money for my time and energy, you know? Yeah, I get it. It's so, it's so cool. I'm just, I'm watching your videos as we're talking, their videos on your YouTube as we're talking on the show here. It's just, it's so cool to see you interacting with the camera and, and with your wife. You guys are obviously in love. How long have you guys been married? Um, some people would say 17 years and some people would say 18. And what would you say? <laughs> what would you say? Yeah, For the sake of argument, I'll say 18. Yeah, time served. <laughs> or what would she say? Maybe that's the more important answer. She would say 18, but it was just a funny uh, little banter that we had going on because we just had our anniversary in December. So I was telling everybody, you know, like, got married in 1999 and I'm like, oh, it's only 17 years. And then, you know, the commenters were saying, no, it's 18 years. And <laughs> like, no, it's 18 years. So we had that going for a little while. So how'd you guys meet? Um, actually, it's an odd story. I was, um, I was a single dad of three kids and I had full custody of my kids. Wow. So I was out at a friend of mine, uh, his wife was playing in this band and she was at this place and I rode my Harley up there and Stacy was like, not like that. She, she wasn't like a bar hopper or nothing, but her girlfriend said, Hey, do you want to go out? So she's like, I don't know. And then she said, yeah. And she went there and then I saw her and then I was like, gave her the she big, she saw you. <laughs> I gave her the cheesy line. And then the next day, uh, wait a minute, to- wait a minute. What was the cheesy line? You know that love and first sight line? No, no, I don't. Yeah, that's it. Do you believe in love and first oh, sight? Oh, wow. <laughs> I nailed it. <laughs> so oh, that's we actually, so funny. Uh, we actually met in October and got married in December the same year. Wow. Wow. Almost as fast as I built this log cabin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Without the learning curve, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, boy. that's cool. I- he skipped yeah. the part where he set a hundred dollars down on the table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and said this could be yours. This could be yours. I'm gonna be here a while. I'm be here a while. So you might as well get used to it. It's like, yeah, babe, you wanna like leave everything and go live with no electricity out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> you have the bees. <laughs> that would have been the worst pickup line ever. I would have been like, oh, oh thanks. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. But but back then when you met when you met each other. This was this in the was this even a glimmer in your eye? Not even close. That's what I dude. thought. Okay. No, that's what I not thought. even close. Yeah, I mean, I was I was working uh, for a, a company, and then I got sick of working there. I've always worked for myself, so it's a stretch for me to like work for someone. You know, I'm a free spirited fellow, so I like the George Bush's line. You know, I, I like a dictatorship as long as I'm the dictator. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, I just you know we we just. 
it was just like we Stacy's very supportive. Okay, so it was just like we just looked at each other one day and we're like, man, this is crazy. It's like, you know, I go to work, you go to work, I come home, you know, the kids are doing this, she raised the kids, you know, like they're her own, you know, then we, you know, eat dinner, I heat my dinner up and eat dinner. I mean, it's like, bam, bam, you know, it's like, you know, get together on the weekends or one day here and there. And it was just like, man, we're, I'm like so sick of this. And that's, you know, we just said, well, what are we going to do about it? And then it was like, what we need to do is get rid of all of our bills, everything that, you know, we sold everything in our house. We had a Craigslist revolving door. Uh, we had a yard sale. <laughs> sold every- when we came to this place, we had a coffee table and a futon, and that was it. So we sold every single thing in our house. You guys rock. Mm-hmm. Man. You guys rock. A coffee table, but no coffee maker? Yeah, there you go. No coffee maker, no power to coffee maker that maker. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. So I got... Really? I- Go ahead. Percolator. We had to go back to the old percolators. <laughs> exactly. Uh, French press. French yeah. press. So, so I, I'm watching, you've got like 500 plus videos on YouTube and right. uh, like almost 200, well, not near, a little over 100,000 people who have subscribed. You're, this, tell me about this. You may not remember this. This was back, yeah, a couple of years ago. Tell me about um, this, this video you have on about preppers where it says preppers are crazy. Right. So in that, Be uh, careful of your answer. <laughs> yeah, basically with that video, I was kind of mocking the mentality that people have, um, how they kind of turn their nose up at people that have six months worth of food storage, right? And then they, and then those same people, as soon as a hurricane or an earthquake or something hits, they're running to the government for like a handout and like saying that no one's been by here to bring me water and this and that. So it was just like a, a, a shtick that I did because uh, – you know, I was just like, man, it's, it's just amazing that people who want to be self-sufficient in, a, in that way, I mean, if, even if you live somewhere and you work for the man and you're doing your daily grind, I mean, you can still like put up some food stores and, and have some bottled water and, you know, take care of yourself. You know, back in the day, you know, there was there were disasters that happened and the federal government would come in and be like, yes, we're here to help you. And the local government would tell them to pound sand and beat it, you know, like Mark. <laughs> Our community is going to take care of this, yeah. and that's what they used to do. And now the mindset is totally flipped. So yeah, it was just you know we, we believe in prepping and and you know having some you know, extra stuff you know just in case things go down. I mean it's just that's the way pioneers did it. That's the way everyone always did it. Nice. But it's got to be. It's an interesting thing though because we talk about downsizing, right? You moved into your house with a food town and coffee table. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us, um, we also think of that downsizing process and living simply means living in a small space. Right. So um, what would be your advice um, for people that want to sort of, again, food stores or something like that, but they don't have a lot of space? Like, did you freeze dry it? Is it, how do you, how do you find that balance between not hoarding food and sort of living simply. Does that does yeah. that make sense? It seems seems to me yeah. almost a dichotomous, um, you know, quandary. Ooh, that was good. So if you're if you're using your tiny hops, you know, and you're on the road, like moving around a lot, that's really going to present a few issues. Um, you can use uh, your truck and put some bins in it and use freeze dried food. I mean, the technology today with storing food is fabulous. It doesn't take up a lot of space. Um, and then you know you got to remember, like you're not going to be eating you know three meals a day and everything. So if something was to go down, your food stores are going to sustain you, not make you fat and happy. <laughs> <laughs> So then, um, you know, like 
us, uh, we're growing food. So, you know, like we do a lot of fermenting. We don't really do much canning except for like basic stuff. We don't really can our food and our veggies and all that stuff like typical people that homestead or store food. We do a lot of fermenting. So our ferments last six months to a year. So we're going from season to season with those foods, you know, taking us through the winter and um you know then we're replanting regrowing reseeding and so that's kind of like how we do it you know we're like uh preppers on demand so to speak Great. So, right probiotics. On. preppers on demand. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny well um doug this has been just a flavor-filled sh- show and all all thanks to you man you you are a hoot to listen to <laughs> you are man mm-hmm that's good, man. I mean, we enjoy what we're doing. We want to get the word out there. Tiny Living is great. Um, a lot of people can do it and they can, you know, cut their bills back. And, it, you know, like uh, a tiny house, giant journey, right? So it's like she's out there doing whatever she wants, whenever she wants to do it. She's in um, uh, uh, Yellowstone right now, you know, going to the hot springs. I mean, it's just, it frees you up to be you, yeah. you know? You don't have a lot of bills. You know, you create whatever responsibility and what you want to do. You just have to be creative. And fortunately, we're all living in a time right now that really can make that possible with the internet, with YouTube, with blogs. You can write books. I mean, get the word out. It's just amazing. It's a great time to be um, uh, that kind of an entrepreneur or spirited, filled person that wants to do this lifestyle. And with that audience, you got to come back because we have shows like this all the time. Thank you so much for being on with us, Doug. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it was my pleasure being on the show. Make sure everyone who's listening, if you want to check us out, we're on YouTube at Off Grid with Doug and Stacy, and we're working on a um, you know website right now. But uh, we'll see you on the YouTube's Off Grid with Doug and Stacy. Awesome. Bye, everybody. Namaste. All right. See you Take on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. <laughs>